All right. You ready for podcast night? Hell yeah. (laughs) Are we winging it? We are tonight. Welcome back to Fucking Brave. All right. What are we talking about tonight? What are you drinking? Oh, right. I forgot about that. Um, I'm drinking whiskey neat. Quite a, quite a Is large. it neat or did you put ice in it? No, it's neat. Oh, yeah. That's where we're at today. Yep. What are you drinking? I'm, I have bubble water because I have already had a glass of wine and a Mai Tai at happy hour. And I'm yeah. considering my liver at this point. I drove home, so yeah. it's my turn. We are talking about evaluating risk. We talked about doing things when you're scared already. And one of the things that we realized in doing that podcast is that there there comes an element in doing things scared that you also have to evaluate the risk that you're taking. Yeah. And I think we touched on it a little bit with like my example of climbing a mountain and turning around. Yeah. Right, like But I wanna I wanna talk about it more in depth. Particularly I, I think about when we were talking to Lincoln when he was teeny about Do you remember? Risk assessment, yeah. But we, do you remember where it came from? We were hiking mm, no nope. blue pool? No. We were on our way to a winery and Lincoln was very bored in the car and the only book that I had on my phone was a rescue book that this guy wrote who's a search and rescue worker in Salt Lake City area. And there's this really, it's these like really digestible short chapters. And so I sort of was like sifting through them, trying to find an age appropriate one. He must have been six at the time. He was teeny. Yeah. And I found a chapter on this idea of risk assessment. Mm. I do remember this. You remember this? And I read it out loud in the car. Yeah. Yeah. But... Then I remember the first time that we really applied it with him, we were hiking Blue Pool um, in, uh, in kind of the Mackenzie River area of Oregon, mm-hmm. and he wanted to walk across this log. Across like a creek? It wasn't really a river. No, it wasn't, it wasn't super dangerous. But the but drop was, was pretty good. But he was teeny. Yeah. Uh, relatively speaking. And you had a conversation with him about... Risk versus reward. Yeah, and I let him make his own choice. Right. Just like what is the potential risk of making the choice to climb across the log? And potential risks were things like falling off and breaking my arm and, you know, the typical risk. Maybe not dying. I mean, I don't think he would have died from it. But um, No. And then the potential reward was that he got to go across the river on the log. Instead of on the bridge. Right. And it was like, do does the reward outweigh... The risk. The risk. Yeah. And so for me personally, it's definitely been a way that I've evaluated a lot of things in my life. Not just uh, outdoor pursuits stuff, but also, also life decisions. Yeah. And so here we are. We are supposed to get on a plane in... A little more than 48 hours. Yeah, like 40, what, what, 53 hours. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be getting on a plane to fly 
to Cape Town, South Africa, for Michaela to compete in a kiteboarding competition. And what happened today? Fill us in on the... Today is Friday, November 26th, the day after Thanksgiving. This is your fucking brave daily news coming at you. Just in case you haven't found out, ladies and gentlemen, there is a new variant of COVID that has emerged in South Africa. It's a bitch. Um, yeah. It just is. Uh, they've named it something. Um, 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 Omnicon, um, um, I think. Um, or whatever. I think it's Omnicon. I don't think it's Omnicon. I don't know. It sounds like a Transformer name. It's kind of cool. It reminds me of the Pokemon Omnite. Oh, that's funny. It reminds me of Transformers. Anyways. So... What, so, so what, yesterday, yeah. we got a text from a friend that was like, hey, there's a variant in South Africa. Yesterday was the first day, literally, that it was announced. And today, the World Health Organization had a meeting that was like, hey, we're concerned about this thing. We're going to give it a Greek letter name. Let's keep an eye on it. By the way, don't, like, really put travel restrictions into place. Not necessary. We're just concerned. And then the EU's like, hold my beer. Africa, don't come here. No more. Yeah. And then so the Canada e- and the U.S. woke up and they're like, here neither. Yeah. So when we say that, that they've put travel restrictions in, essentially what they've said is that non-citizens traveling from South Africa to these countries... Are not allowed. Are not allowed. Yeah. So a U.S. citizen in theory, can still travel from South Africa to the U.S. as of now, and, as of our current information. Yeah, and and we are flying through Europe on the way there, which is part of the problem. And we are planning to be in South Africa for six weeks so that we are there for the entire holding period for the competition for Michaela. And there is a lot of risk all of a sudden. That has emerged in the last 24 hours of our lives about this trip that we were really excited and I don't just looking forward to. Um, hell, we. Well, and there's a lot of reward. I mean, I think there's, that's what you're there's, a, at. there's a lot of reward. You get to compete, we get to spend time with other kiters, we get to kite somewhere that is world class. Like it is, it is the. One of the places to kite in the world is Cape Town in we get their to, summer. We get we all get to go somewhere we've never been. I, South Africa's been on my hit list for forever. Mm-hmm. But the risk all of a sudden went from just a financial risk, really, and like a mm, COVID's still a thing. You should be careful. We just got Lincoln vaccinated on. Wednesday, he so got the, his second vaccine, so he'll be fully vaccinated in just a week and a half, bit more, you know? And we had done all the things to mitigate the risks that we already understood, like, fine, money is money, we'll make more, put it on the credit card, whatever. But now... Let's keep ourselves safe and, safe and healthy. I ordered us so much vitamin D. Yeah. Okay, but now... Let's, but now... Now the risks, our risk has... Feels like it's a multiplier of 10 and that's (laughs) and this is the hard part is that there's this differentiation between has the risk multiplied or does it just feel like the risk has increased yeah and trying to suss out feelings and facts is really complicated because there's there's not a lot of information no there's not a lot of information but what i will say around around the potential risks that are for sure 
one of them is definitely the risk that we get stuck there. I mean, a lot of this is hypotheticals right now. We don't know for sure. Airlines at this point have said they'll continue flights, but also continue to monitor the situation. You know, and and luckily on the way back, we're flying direct from South Africa to the U.S., so we don't have to worry about passing through, uh, through the EU. But you know, the thing is that that's a huge risk. Like not being able to make it back from well, South Africa is a massive risk, and it's a risk that you and I already evaluated once during this pandemic, and we made the choice to exit. Well, so if you, you gotta if give you some don't, context yes, to that. I will. If you don't know this story, Michaela and I were living in Australia with Lincoln for an extended period of time. We moved there in October, and then leading up to the pandemic, we were just chill. And then all of a sudden, from one day that's to the next, as I'm sure it happened to many of you, we got notification that the world was different, and we were residing in Australia at the time. The State Department said... Were, were we residing in Australia? In Australia. We were residing in Australia. Are you sure we were yeah. in Australia or were we in Australia? We were in St. Kilda <laughs> in Australia. Um, Did you get that? We were in Australia. Yeah, definitely resided in Oz. <laughs> and the State Department from the United States issued a notification that said, uh, leave now or plan to stay indefinitely. And we made the choice to leave now. And Part, so, partly, partly also due to I had a coworker who had already been stuck. She couldn't leave now anymore. Poland was beyond closed, and, and she, she was couldn't like, return. Yeah, she was like, if I could go back and do it all over again, I'd get home. Yeah, and we have seen friends that have stayed, and they have done well, and it has been hard for them to live through the lockdowns in Australia. And it's difficult now to make the choice to go somewhere where we could perceivably be stuck or have another leave or stay indefinitely notification because those are if we didn't think south africa was expensive to travel to yet let's try to travel out of south africa right as a travel ban to is, is going into place of that effect so it gets complicated so what we are trying to do right now is make a risk evaluation like, how yeah. do we decide what we're going to do? Because as of right now, at 8.45 p.m. Hawaii Standard Time, Friday, November 26th, we don't have a decision. So what are we doing? I mean, I guess we're, we're trying to evaluate the risk versus the reward. And like we mentioned, the rewards have stayed pretty constant, right? We mentioned those before, but the re- the risk of all of, of going to South Africa has changed dramatically, and it's sort of I guess in my mind it's almost like these scales, right? Like which one's heavier, and the re- the risk before seems so minor, and all of a sudden the risk is starting to to tip the scales the other way, and I don't know. I feel like you and I are left with having with having to like essentially do this like risk reward evaluation from scratch yeah and it's i think it's it's even harder to do that because we don't even understand what the risks are like the the scientists don't have a lot of information 
So I, I had a conversation with one of my best friends tonight, and one of the things he mentioned is a lot of this is hypothetical. Yeah. But risk is always hypothetical. Like, risk is very hard to accurately calculate. You know, I mean, avalanche professionals do this all the time, where they go out and they calculate the hypothetical chances of an avalanche happening, and sometimes they get it right and sometimes they get it wrong. I mean, there were seven professional avalanche forecasters, six of which died in an avalanche accident in bounds at a resort in Washington. And there's been countless studies done on the group dynamics of that. You know, it's like, it's all hypothetical. And I think that's what makes risk so damn hard to evaluate. Because I feel like the rewards in some ways are always so tangible that the rewards almost at least for me, a lot of times the rewards like carry more weight than the potential risks because you don't know that the risks are actually going to come to fruition. Well, and I think that that's where you and I are really different. For me, the risks are very real. For me, the risks are very tangible. They feel accurate and understandable. We went through this in Australia. Everyone got locked down. It was absolute shit for them. And so for me, the risks for South Africa feel very real. Whereas the rewards are a bit more. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in some ways the rewards are also just less for you. They definitely are because I'm not the one competing in the kiteboarding competition. I'm not the one advancing my career. I'm not the one building the relationships with brands and fellow kiters. So you already start with less weight on that side of the scales. Yeah, I mean, I'm stoked to go to South Africa and see some penguins and see beautiful country, but... Right, but not at the risk of... Getting stranded there. Right. That's definitely... Yeah. For me, that's a very easy decision to make of like, yeah, it's definitely not worth it because I don't have the same rewards that you do. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. I think for me, the, the, the piece of the risk that has really bubbled up that feels very tangible is this idea of the competition not happening at all. Like for me, like the risk of being stuck there, like I, I think we'll get home, you know, and, and the risk of exposure I actually don't feel that worried about it just because of where we'll be located and we'll be mostly outdoors and we're all vaccinated and I understand the variant might not it might not matter if you're vaccinated but I I just I don't know exposure wise I feel pretty safe you know but it's funny because the biggest reward for me is related to the competition right like that's why we're going the the reward that is my summit is competing in the competition, is the idea that I could potentially podium, is just so many, like all all of my heavy weight on my reward side sit around the competition. The rest is just fluffy bits that I get to fill in with the six weeks will be there. And so for me, actually the biggest risk is the idea that the competition won't happen, whether that's because South Africa does an internal lockdown that doesn't allow it, or the organizers decide to postpone it, or just and, and, and. And for me, it's very competition-based, which I think is interesting. So how do you make that assessment? Yeah, that's a solid question. Because that's what you have to do right now in the next 50-some-odd hours. I, I will tell you right now that I will not make the decision on the podcast. <laughs> this, this is, Yeah. Accurate. That's, that's I'm just going to break everyone's hearts right now. Um, 
Yeah, I think. Oof. <laughs> I don't know. I I'm somebody who has to draw analogies, and and so maybe for me, the best analogy that I have is around mountain climbing because that's where I've done so much academic work around risk and reward assessment, and I feel like I'm climbing a mountain right now. And the reward is the summit and the view and the potential to say that I have stood on a peak as one of the very few females in the world to have stood on that peak. And the risk right now is like losing my fingers to frostbite. (laughs) I think it's more akin to getting medevaced off the summit, but I don't think, I don't think you're going to lose any appendages. But there definitely no, may have but, to be some significant expense and, yeah, and it's just evacuation. Hard. It's hard because I think there's also an element of, like for me, a, a big part of, of risk and reward assessment is, is should the risk come to fruition? How does that inhibit my ability to climb another mountain, to do another competition, to... And so it's hard because one of the things I've also been weighing is what if the organizers choose to postpone the competition to, say, February? Maybe the, maybe all this settles down in February, and they're like, great, we're going to round in February, which is what happened last year. They ran the competition late after South Africa was shut down. And it's like, if we go now, the the potential risk, if that happens, is that we're not going to have the resources to go again in February. And so for me, there's also an element of, am I going to be able to climb another mountain? Am I going to be able to do another competition? How do you move through the risk and reward? Like, do you do it differently? Do you, I do you start the, on a different no, side? No, I reached the point where, like, there's just too much risk and I'm out. Reward doesn't have anything to do with it for me at that point. For me, it's mostly just, like, there's just been too much risk. And then I, I can't, I, because of my nervous system, because of my anxiety, I just, I can't cope anymore and I'm out. That's mostly, I feel like how I evaluate risk. Think about it a lot with like climbing heights and things like that. I just, nope. <laughs> Doesn't matter what the reward is. I'm, I no risk is too good. They're too great. Can't do it. Which is weird. Cause it's almost like the reward doesn't factor in for me. Although it did on Three Finger Jack, and I did it scared anyways. If you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and listen to on doing things scared. But I think that a lot of times it just tips over the scale for me. It's 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 more like an internal gut feeling. I wonder too, know? like relating to your Three Finger Jack, an example you have where the reward did win out. Like ninety percent of the process was already done. There was such little left. Well. And I think it's interesting because my reward was not the the summit necessarily. My reward was not the view. My reward was not saying I climbed three finger jack. My reward was not letting 80-year-old me sitting in the rocking chair down. And I guess it's that that I look towards as like, what will my future self think or want? So your 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 reward system is based more upon your future self. I don't know if that's necessarily true for all cases, but at least in the case of Three Finger Jack, that was the case. I don't think that's the case for South Africa. I think South Africa, I just cannot do this anymore. 
I did it in Australia. We did the whole back and forth. Are we going to Hawaii for nine months? You know, I think there just reaches a point that I'm like, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And that's less about the risk and that's more to do with the stress. I think that that's fair too. I don't have the disposition to handle this kind of stress. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think risk and reward evaluation is very interesting. We had this diagram when we were learning how to be leaders in the outdoors where there were two people standing next to each other staring at a mountain and it was your circles of risk and somebody's circle of risk was the top of the highest mountain and the other person's circle of risk was like was just like circled like this small little butte and that you know everybody has their own version of of their of their willingness to take risks on right of their perceived risk and i think i think your perceived risk can grow i don't think that it's stagnant and well, I think, think for about you, it with it's me with heights. right. Like it's grown. It's grown. Absolutely. Because you did one thing that went okay. You're physically okay. And so your body can say, great, I can do this thing. That's a little bit bigger now. And I know I'm going to be okay. Now that's entered my, my circle of risk. And I think for me, just living the way that I've lived, my circle of risk is relatively large, but I also lived through Australia. <laughs> I did too. I also lived through trying to make these last minute decisions and, and it's a lot. And I think, I think another thing for me, for those of you who don't know, I did a GoFundMe and there's been a lot of people that have like backed me and have, have she did a GoFundMe in order to be sponsored to go to this competition. And she did want to go to a competition in France as well, because um, she doesn't have the backing of a brand yet. So, yeah. And so for me, there's also like this long list of people, a lot of the people who on that list, like love me dearly. And I'm sure a lot of them in some ways are hoping that I don't go. Um, but it doesn't make it any easier to sit in my shoes. And, and part of my risk around that is, is not going and, and having people be, my perceived risk is that they'll be upset with me but I have a question about that. Mm -hmm. You know 100% that nobody on the list is going to be mad at you if you don't go. Yeah, well, and... Well, and I guess there's that. So, like, it's... it's. But that doesn't mean that that doesn't factor into my risk-reward assessment. Sure. Like, that's still a piece that I feel, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. But, but it, is yeah. a, it is a manufactured one in ways. Yeah, absolutely. But a lot of times, risk is manufactured. This is true. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see what we decide. You'll have to message us or DM us or find us on Instagram or something to figure out what we've done if you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, you can email us at fuggingbrave.com. There's a contact page on there. Or McPilk on Instagram. Yeah, or Kimmy is. Yeah, we're here for you. Reach out to us. Let us know what you think we should do. Yeah, if you have any insight, that would be great. Please share. <laughs> but anyways. We'll factor it into our risk and reward for assessment. Now, this is us just trying to stay wild and fucking brave.
Definitely fucking brave. Always. Yeah.